This episode is brought to you by Hulu, presenting Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. From the backboard to the front office, Legacy captures the remarkable rise and unprecedented success of one of the most iconic franchises in professional sports. Featuring new revealing interviews from players, coaches, and execs, this 10-part documentary series chronicles this extraordinary story from the inside. Watch Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now, only on Hulu. Hey, look at you, all grown up and needing car insurance. You don't have to freak out if you got a driving record that's not so hot or worry if you aren't sure exactly what you need. Able Insurance has your back. Pass up the national insurance companies where you're just another number and keep your auto insurance right here in Charlottesville. 979-0814 is the number. Ableinsurance.com is the site. What up, what up, what up, the Ballhawk Show? Say one more time. What up, what up, what up, the Ballhawk Show? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, though? Welcome to the Ballhawk Show podcast. I'm your host, Miles Hawkins. Appreciate you rocking with me as always. Got another episode for y'all, man. Who's on the line? Episode three with Alameda Sakias, OZ4. He joined the show to talk about his journey to UVA, what he accomplished while at UVA, and what he's been doing to prepare for the 2019 NFL Draft. So sit back, get your popcorn ready, and enjoy the interview. It's the Ballhawk Show. Let's go. All right, another episode of Who's on the Line, and today I got the electrifying, record-breaking, all-time great receiver, Mr. Alameda Sakias, and also fellow battle rap fan, I must say. What's going on with you, O? Not much, not much. Just relaxing, cooling it. Just cooling it, chilling, man. So, uh, you know, basically off your belt bowl MVP, which you, you know, solidified yourself as a true... Wahoo, great man. What's been going on with you uh, since that victory and since that great feat of been uh, being named the MVP? Uh, just man, uh, just training and kind of just soaking in the fact that college career is over, and uh, you know, like I said, training for the next level, and uh, really just realizing that the people here have helped me. Uh, so much and uh, preparing me for the things that are you know coming up for me and yeah, I just, I'm just grateful for everything that's happened uh, especially this last season it's just really all that I could have asked for yeah you definitely accomplished a lot man before we get into all the things you accomplished at UVA let's take it back to the beginning let's, let's take it back to young O in high school in, uh, in, in, Philly, in Pennsylvania let the people know what, what high school you you attended uh, before you became a Wahoo. Uh, I was uh, St. Joe's Prep. <laughs> St. Joe's Prep out of Philadelphia. Um, powerhouse school um, in, in the country. Top top team in the country. Okay. Uh, was a running back. And uh, I was I played some, some slot in high school, but for the most part... Uh, I was just a running back. Was recruited as a running back coming in Virginia, and then uh, as soon as I got here, uh, 
fall camp. Had a couple injuries at receiver, and I switched to receiver, and then and the rest is history. So. Yeah, yeah, a, a long history, and you know the the things that you accomplished. But going back to when you was in high school, you played running back. Growing up, who was somebody that you patterned your game out of? Because it was a lot of it's a lot of known Pennsylvania backs over over the years before you got to high school. Did you pattern your game to any of those greats, or was more of guys in the NFL from outside of other areas? Uh, I would definitely say uh, people from the NFL. Mainly, the person I, I loved to uh, you know uh, just watch was uh, Daniel Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a like I don't know what, what drew me to him, but I just uh, I, I loved his game. I loved like everything about him. And, uh, it was just one person that I really wanted to strive to be like. But uh, I mean, some things just panned out differently for me. But that's still somebody that I look up to, and hopefully one day I'll get to meet him. Nah, that's that's what's up, man. I apologize for that. You kind of broke up the last part. What was the what was the last part as far as after Ladainian Thompson? Uh, just uh, hopefully one day I get to meet him. And I uh, like obviously I'm, a, I'm technically a receiver now, but I mean I still do running back stuff and all that. But just I just hope one day I get to meet him. Um, get to pick his brain a little bit. Yeah, now that definitely be dope because. You know, LT was was that groundbreaking back. I mean, before him, you had the Roger Craigs of guys who can receive out the backfield and also run the run the football. But LT was a dude that that just took it to a whole another level. Uh, but as far as like your recruiting process, what were some of the the schools that were really going after you? As far as I understand the questionnaire part to where they send you those media guys and. They call your phone all the time, but what were some of the teams that were really serious besides UVA that offered you a scholarship? Uh, didn't have that many offers coming out of uh, high school, but uh, I would definitely say um, Temple. Temple was a you know, local school, mm-hmm. like right down the street from where I went to high school. And uh, uh, Duke didn't offer me, but uh, Duke was interested. And uh, I mean, I only had really, I was three other real offers other than UVA and Temple. So, I mean, that's, that's really how it is, how it was. Yeah, and then you get here to UVA. You came here, so when you when you finally committed to UVA, did they say you was going to be a running back or were they already t- talking about transitioning you to receiver? Uh, uh, no, nah, they just said I was going to be a running back, mainly. And then... Uh, I, I knew I, I was just gonna uh, I just wanted to come in and uh, contribute any way I could mm-hmm. whether it be on you know, special teams or something and uh, I knew they, they already had like running backs in front of me and all that so uh, when when things happened in fall camp people went down I just saw an opportunity to get on the field and I, you know, I just rolled with it and you got here in London's for his last two years well the last year basically and then you played three years with with Bronco when you transitioned with the coaching eyes offense, was it easier to be more of a receiver because you were being in the slot as far as the transition and, and, and coach, of course, having Coach Hagen also, did that all help your transition into being just a receiver? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Coach Hagen is uh, you know, a great great example for, you know, who you, who you strive to be when you get older, you know, who he is as a coach and father, as a person in general and uh him, him staying here throughout the coaching change uh, was, was huge for me because he was always on me. Even though uh, at first I was under Coach and I, 
um, in the receiver room, like five receiver room, and mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, you know, outside receivers. Um, Coach Higgins was always, uh, you know, in my ear, like being on me as far as like making sure I'm on top of my things outside of school, um, outside of football. I mean, like schoolwork and just keeping on top of my body, diet, things like that. And uh, you know, he he helped me, like he really like molded me kind of into you know, the receiver I am today. And uh, it just became easier as I got older just to do it by myself and uh, bring people along with me. You know, that just comes with time and experience. But uh, Coach Aiden was definitely an instrumental part of my growth and development as a, as a player. Yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, you, you were basically a sponge, man, because I just remember when you did move to receiver, um, it was some excitement there because we all knew you could run. Um, just looking at what you did in high school as far as with the track team, um, and participating there and then seeing you in person run, we all figured you could be that deep threat. But I think the most thing, I think the thing that impressed me the most was just your route running overall. How much time did you put into mastering the art of running those arrow routes, the under mesh routes, the burst routes, you know, the the little nuances of getting open uh, versus those uh, nickel defensive backs? Uh, uh, it's kind of hard to put a number on it, but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely say a lot. Man, uh, especially like early on. Early on, uh, I know, like after my sophomore year, uh, it's kind of when I was like, okay, like I'm really a receiver now, so I need to like get on this receiver stuff and like really get some like real type like receiver work. Like, yes. Uh, like in the off season, and that's when I feel like I really like, uh, like took a, like a huge step into you know stepping into more of a being you know, like a more technically sound and just being more explosive out at the top of my routes and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it's just, it's a different world. Like, it's really like an art of being a receiver. It's something that you have to perfect. You have to put the time in, put the work in. And, you know, it just, it just clicked for me after a while. And talking to you, um, you're a guy that really doesn't, don't really pay attention to numbers and things like that, but, I can't help but wonder, you know, after your junior year, you had 800, basically 900 yards receiving. Did, did In the back of your mind, you kind of have a goal like, man, I would love to be one of the few receivers in the history of UVA to have over 1,000 yards when my fourth year yeah. is done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, after the season, uh, you know, me and Coach Hagan took uh, every, every rep uh, in the game that I had and uh, just – just broke down like all the missed opportunities that I had and things I could have done better. Mm-hmm. We didn't really look at the things that uh, you know I was already doing well at because um, you know people obviously love to push that in your face all the time. And Coach Higgins just want to uh, show you things that you can improve on. And uh, that's one thing that he said. Like I could have could have easily had a thousand dollars if I just took advantage of all the opportunities that I had. And uh, he just told me, challenged me to uh, you know not have those missed opportunities uh, this year and that this year would be my best year and uh, I would I would do everything that I wanted to do and uh, you know a thousand yards receiving is always something that, that I wanted to do and you know this past year I was able to do that and I feel like uh, you know I had a couple bad games or whatever but for the most part I'm pretty happy with the, how the season went yeah, and I definitely agree with that because, you know, you're a guy that's diminutive. I was a diminutive receiver here at, at UVA, and, and we both know the struggles of being under 5'10 and 
how we're viewed to the public and, and to defenses. And for you, I think you broke the status quo because everybody understood that, you know, you were a deep threat guy, but you made tough catches. We talked about your route running, but the main thing that jumped out to me the most this year was just your ability to take the short passes to the house. Um, the Ohio game, um, you broke up the sideline. The game, the year before that versus North Carolina basically was the game winner. You took a little out route to the crib. Um, is that where your running back skills take over when you get the ball and just, you know, two and three yards up the field and just make something out of nothing? I would, I would say, uh, you know, it plays a part, but I would say more so when I catch the ball in traffic. Mm. Um, that's when I, like, like running back instincts come into in play. Like anticipating, because sometimes you catch the ball and you just got to anticipate what people are going to be before you turn around. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, sometimes that can get you in trouble if you take your eye off the ball. But uh, I feel like that's where it helps me the most. It's just kind of like really anticipating where people are so that you can move after you catch the ball and, uh, you know, make people miss. Are you one of those guys doing the, the uh, basically the, the breakdown of your opponent and you looking at the DBs? Was there any DBs that kind of jumped out to you on the film and you was like, yeah, I'm going to have to – had to go ahead and get my mind right because they better than what, what people think or you one of those guys, you were just like, it don't matter who in front of me, I'm going to eat. I'm going to go ahead and do what I got to do. Uh, I was always one of the guys that uh, I, was, I, respect, I respect game uh, wherever it is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just play. I, mean, I know what I'm capable of doing. So, you know, I just, I just play. I don't really like to give people too much credit like that. Who's their ego? What was the transition for you like for you going from a pro style quarterback and Kurt Benker, a guy that had a live arm that put a lot of stink behind the football, <laughs> to a guy like Bryce Perkins, who was very mobile, had a lot of touch on his ball, but also he could put a lot of zip on the ball and a lot of touch. What was, you know, in your opinion, the biggest adjustment, if any, that you had to make between the two quarterbacks? Uh, I feel like at first there's chemistry uh, with me and Bryce, but um, really like, he just opened up a lot more opportunities for us as receivers. Mm-hmm. And uh, like this this past year, I, we had our best third down conversion, mm. uh, mainly because of him. And you know that that won us a lot of games. And, you know it kind of goes like unnoticed or like like un, I don't know, just under the radar, I guess. But uh. Like converting on third down, being able to stay on the field, like uh, especially like in the last game against South Carolina, yeah, like, we had like crazy time of possession. Just being able to stay on the field, like just controls the game, controls the clock, and that, that helps you win games. And you were able to do that. So I mean, he just helped not only the receivers but the whole team. You know, at the conclusion of this season, man, you you got the career record in receptions. You got 250 career receptions, 2,700 yards receiving, 22 touchdowns, only the third receiver ever to have 1,000 yards. Uh, you broke your own single-season receptions record that you set the year before. Um, and with all these accolades, first team all ACC, just a game-breaker. And you wasn't invited to any postseason All-Star games. I talked me and Coach Hagens talked, you know, off air about that. And then also the combine. Did you feel like like does that just continue to add fuel to your fire and, and 
because you're a humble guy. To me, knowing you, I think I'm going to speak for you. Knowing you, you're just going to use this as fuel for the fire and this is going to keep you more humble and keep you more hungry. Am I, you know, speaking the truth or did you have a different reaction to it? Um, you basically said it. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's, there's nothing I can control. Yeah. It's just I can only control what I do in a, you know, in a week's time. And, uh, you know, I just, I know what I'm capable of doing. That's just always how I look at things. Uh, I, I just can't control certain things. And that's one of those things that is out of my hands. and mm-hmm. not something I can really, you know, influence in any way. But, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, it's, just something that you gotta, you know, roll with. Yeah. Now I think that that's the great mindset you gotta have. I mean, you can either, you know, make excuses or you just make it motivation for you to continue to get better. And um, you know, after the season's concluded, how long did it take for you before you made that transition to start working out and preparing for the draft? Uh, you know, I took I took about a week, maybe a week and a half, and then uh, I just felt like I, it, 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 I just woke up one morning. And what's the name of the facility? Because the people, so for the people who have listened to the two previous episodes with Chris Peace and and Jordan Ellis, Alamade worked out at the same facility as them, but I'm going to get him to repeat what the facility is because you got to give them credit and the shout out so what, what was the name of the facility you was working out at uh Grissetti performance in uh newcastle pennsylvania it's about an hour away from pittsburgh and uh, i feel like they prepared me really well for pro day and I'm, I'm excited for you know what they do in the future because uh, they, they really got me right they got all of us right to be mm-hmm. honest so uh, i'm happy for for them and you know their success in the future and i'm, I'm grateful that uh that i was able to go there and one of the biggest headlines going into the combine for Kyler Murray was how much he was going to weigh. Did your weight fluctuate? Did you go up? Did you go down? You know, any little inside intel, you're just going to wait for, for next Thursday to, to let the scouts see for themselves. Uh, I, I can talk about my weight. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I probably went down like one one or two pounds. Okay. Nothing too crazy. But, uh, you know, everything else is uh, to be decided on, on yeah. pro day. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I mean, you know, we we little guys, um, and you know, we we when it come to the underwear Olympics, we want to make sure our forty straight. So, I mean, I've seen you run in person. I've seen you run on film. Um, I think everybody understands that you could pick them up and put them down. But when it comes to the receiver drills, is there anything that you want to show the scouts that they may have doubted you in, or or you just want to show like Coach Hagen's like I've improved on this since the season has ended. Uh, I mean, to to be absolutely honest, uh, not really. Okay. Because I think like my film speaks. I mean, speaks volumes. Yes. That. But uh, I mean, I'll I'll do any drills they have me that they want me to do, and then I'll run routes, quarterback, whatever, and then uh, uh, yeah, just see what see what happens, see what they want me to do. Did you got you already got you already do you guys already like for you since you want to catch balls. Do you already have a quarterback that you know of that's going to be throwing and things like that that you guys have set up? Yeah, so uh, there was a quarterback who's actually from uh, Shenandoah in Virginia um, that I was training with out in, uh, in uh, Newcastle. Okay. So uh, he'll be throwing to me on pro day. All right, man. Well, I ain't going to hold you too much longer, old man. Is, in the, is there anything else you want to let the know, let the Wahoo fans know 
uh, before we get up out of here? Uh, just uh, a great thank you. Uh, it's been a great four years here, and uh, I just can't thank them. I thank the fans enough for just uh, the support and the uh, you know the love that they've shown throughout the years. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited for the future of this team. They're in really good hands with you know Coach Menahan and the direction that he's he's going in. And uh, I just hope that they keep up the support for the team. And uh, uh, just thank you. Definitely appreciate that, man. I know the Wahoo fans. Definitely love um, the highlights that you gave them. And I also want to say, I know, you know, when you took the jersey number four after Taekwon Mazel left, you know, it's always about that next person and trying to, you know, carry on tradition. And, I, you know, I think you elevated it even more because when Taekwon left and all he accomplished, not only here but now in the professional football league, I felt like you, you know, you did the four in service and now you're legendary, man. And, Coming from a former receiver, um, I know I was proud of you because, like I said, the Minerva guys, we got Napoleon complex. We stick together. So anytime you balled out, you know, I was always the first to let you know that how proud I was with you, man. And I definitely appreciate you coming on the show, man. I know you got a busy schedule. I'm always blessed that you uh, just take the time out to holler at me. And, and I know the UVA fans are definitely happy that you came on the show, bro. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Always, brother. And there you have it, man. Alama de Sakias. Appreciate you for coming on the show, man. Get ready to set the pro day on fire. Like I said, wasn't invited to any postseason uh, all-star games, not even to the combine. Had over 1,000 yards. First team all-ACC, Belk Bowl, MVP. Nothing. Nada. Zilk. But that's all right. I guess it's going to be just like when he got recruited. Nobody saw him coming, and he lit it on fire. So that's all we got for y'all, man. It's the Ball Hawk Show, and you know how we do. If you smell, nah, I ain't the rock. I ain't got nothing cooking, but I definitely going to serve you to shut the hell up, Juice. It's the Ball Hawk Show. We out. I want the whole world spin my record. Say, bro, you hear the stars. Check game. Stay free records. Show the girl for the death in a massage, yeah. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I'm massaging. I got a speedboat concert, cause I massage. I coming through and buy the whole kind of large. I be massaging, I be massaged. I'm coming through with catalytes and massaging. Yeah, I post some constantly massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch croaking fish, cause I massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Put out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging. I got ice around my neck, cause I'm massaging. Or even gold teeth, I massaging. Or pinky ring iced out, cause I'm massaging. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty-two cents, and be massaging. I take a penny, and be massaging. I tell shorty girl fat, I be massaging. You big too. I be massaging, I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole shed road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a 12 gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the poop all night, cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole cheese, we massage. Bad new party constantly massage. 
Ain't no joke, I be massaging Even the bacon and eggs, I be massaging Huh? Polo shirts, Santo Adidas, I be massaging I love you, sweetie cake Spin my record, let me give you the game Oh, how to get rich Take a penny And flip a penny Then 40 billion Uh-huh, why? I be massaging What? Car stern wheel I be massaging The whole, the whole label Of the state free records In the VA oh, We be massaging Let's have a money shot I want the whole world spin my record. Cheryl, the hood stars, check game, stay free records. Ho! Shorty girl, fed the death in a massaging. Bad news, even be massaging. I got a fitted hip, I be massaging. Pinky rings on my finger, I massaging. I got a speedboat concert, cause I massage. I coming through about a whole kind of large. I be massaging. I be massaged. I'm coming through with Cadillacs and massaging. Yeah, boats of constantly massaging. I got GPS, I be massaging. I catch coca fish, cause I'm massaging. I like a macaroni plate, I be massaging. Even oodles and noodles, I be massaging. Put out the ghetto, cause I'm massaging. I got ice around my neck, cause I'm massaging. Or even gold teeth, I massaging. A pinky ring iced out, cause I'm massaging. I got a hundred million dollars, I be massaging. I got ten dollars, I be massaging. I got a thousand dollars, I be massaging. I got twenty-two cents and be massaging. I take a penny and be massaging. I tell shorty girl fat, I be massaging. You big too, I be massaging. I be massaging, I be massaging. I got a GPS stern with massaging. Whole share road chain be massaging. I got a Uzi, I be massaging. I got a trail gauge pump, I massage. I got a hundred thousand, I massage. Ain't broke, I be massaging. I stay paid, I be massaging. I stay late, I be massaging. I hit the poop all night, cause I'm massaging. She wanna come through loaded and massage. Whole cheese, we massage. Bad new party constantly massage. Ain't no joke. I be massaging, even the bacon and eggs. I be massaging, huh? Polo shirts, Santo Adidas. I be massaging. I love you, sweetie cake. Spin my record. Let me give you the game. Oh, how to get rich? Take a penny and flip a penny. Then forty billion. Huh? Why? I be massaging. What? Car steering wheel. I be massaging. The whole, the whole label of the state free records in the VA. Oh, we be massaging. Let's have a money shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.